Hello, and welcome to this week's podcast presented by Freedom Life Church. We hope you find today's message uplifting and encouraging as we dive into God's Word together. If you need any information about our church or this message, please go to wearefreedomlife.com. Now let's get right into it. Take a look at those interviews um, from our resident love doctor. Uh, The definition for love can be tricky, can it? We can know what love feels like or what it sounds like, but what it is is a little tricky to define. So, what is love? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. Some of y'all just broke out in dance, and that's wrong. So, (laughs) the sermon series that we're about to start here this morning is entitled Timeless Love. Timeless Love. And this morning's message is entitled Love Defined because what we want to do is, if we're going to do a series called Timeless Love, as we look at several of our resident uh, attendees and, and, and whatnot, as they talk about their lives and their marriages, it's fun to watch people's lives. you see how different we are? Did you just see how different we are? But yet, all of us are in search of love, right? Timeless love. And timeless love is interesting because you won't know what love is until you define it. So that's where we're coming from this morning, love defined. See, scripture wants us to be good at earthly things too. That means love and practicality. And so as we look at starting this series this morning, we will be attempting to take scripture's timeless and practical wisdom to help find and preserve our loving and lasting relationships. And so if you have a friend or someone you know that... Maybe they know Christ, maybe they don't. Maybe they follow Jesus, maybe they don't. I think there's some wonderful principles here that we will be looking at, not just this morning, but through this entire series to help build that love. And I want to encourage you ladies to be at the women's breakfast this Saturday, by the way. That's this Saturday, the women's breakfast here. Uh, We already have your cereal prepared, but there's a lot of things... That is gonna that is gonna be going down here. No, I'm kidding. It's not that, but but what I want you to know is that there's gonna be a lot of things these next few weeks that we want to empower you with. Because what happens is a lot of people look at church as just the spiritual element of life, but there's a lot of practical things that we as a church want to uh, to in, to, to uh, enrich you with, to prepare you with, to have you engage in, and so. Um, This is designed to understand the biblical definition of love, but also that love comes from God. Love comes from God. If you think love comes from the world, you might be thinking about something else. There's another L word that has four letters as well, and it's called lust. And that, my friends, is oftentimes what the world defines as love, the Bible describes as lust. So... Let's look at here this morning 
what we're talking about, love defined. Romans chapter 5, who's with me? Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 6 and moving forward. Romans chapter 5, beginning here. Let's go ahead and pull that up. Okay. Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 6 through 11, you see at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, that is believers, right? Since now we have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him for if while we were God's enemies we were reconciled to him through the death of his son how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life not only is this so but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we now have received reconciliation can I give you a synopsis of what that entire passage was? Watch this. Everyone look at me for a moment. Look at me. If when you were lost in your sin, broken, battered, and bruised, you were in your sin, God loved you then. How much more is God willing to uncover to you to those who are already saved. His love was upon the non-believers. How much more does he want to uncover to those who say, Lord, show me more. He's shown his love to sinners and he's cared for them. He's brought them out of things, right? Even though they didn't know it. How many realize that God brought you out of stuff even before you got to know him? Let's be honest. Some of you don't realize it. One day you will. One day you'll stand before God and he might have a recorder and he might show you all the things he got you out of before you even knew him. So if he loved you so much that before you came to Christ, he did all these things for you. How much more is he doing for you now that you have said Jesus, you're my Lord, and now you're open to him, and you are an, uh, just an empty pitcher waiting to be poured into. His love, his grace, his forgiveness, his passion, watch this, his compassion. How many know you could have passion for things, but have no compassion for people? Can I tell you something? If you have passion for things and no compassion for people, you lack God's love in your life. You cannot say I have the love of God in my heart and have no compassion for people. We can speak, listen, in this relationship series here, what I'm going to be talking about in these next coming weeks, I'm going to say some things that you may not agree with. I'm going to talk about uh, things that, that may be a hot button topic for you. I'm going to talk about how God created man and woman. 
And they're defined in the Bible. And that's what he created. You may not like it. You may not agree with it. You don't have to. But God is giving us truth that I have to communicate to you. And you, whether you like it or not, that doesn't change truth. Listen, truth doesn't care about your feelings. Truth is truth. And we're going to lay it out here. I refuse to be a church or a pastor that will not tell you truth because it might scare you away. I refuse. So in these next coming weeks, we're going to talk about what love is, what love is not. We're going to talk about what relationships look like, what relationships shouldn't look like. We're going to be talking about what men and women and how they're different. Okay? And it's a lot, a lot, a lot more than just physical. Right? All you have to do is hang around someone of the opposite sex. That's opposite. They are very different. We're all different. Our focus is different. Everything is different. So before we get to those things, I want you to know something. God has set up timeless love. How can we have timeless love if we don't know the one who gives timeless love? Did you know that his love doesn't run out for you? Did you know that his love for you is timeless? And so what I love to see is that we've been collecting information from our people here, and you'll be seeing that in the next few weeks in the series, uh, about how long people have been married and things of that nature. We saw through our wonderful uh, video here of the love doctor, and that there are so many things that we are learning about each other. Did you know that God knows everything about you, and yet he still loves you? Friends, that's timeless love. That's, that's sovereign love. That is unconditional love. Amen? So what we're called to do is to love God and love others. Whether lovers, loving other people means our family, our, our friends, our, even our enemies, Jesus calls us to love. How many know that's hard? Right? People all around the world speak about love. And in fact, Mark 12, 30 tells us, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And uh, I'm no, that's a tall order. To love God with everything I am and everything I have, that's a tall order sometimes. But when you remember who he is, it becomes easier. Because you remember where he brought you from. So because the sort of commitment that God is asking from us, it takes all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, because the world wants that from you. The world wants all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Why? Because if it can keep your, all those things, nobody else can have it. The enemy doesn't want you to give your heart, soul, mind, and strength to God. Are you with me? The enemy doesn't want you to do that. Why? Because he wants you to stay distracted. I love how uh, Brother Jay said that earlier. He said he can, the enemy can't take your calling, but what he'll do is he'll take your confidence. The enemy probably can't, he, the enemy can't take your spouse, but you know what he'll do? If he create, and I said this to the team earlier, I said to the team, if there's anything the enemy does, there's ever a job that he has, is his, he, has he owns a factory of wedges. Because all he does is put wedges between husband and wives, parents and children. All he does is insert wedges, 
trying to divide everybody. Are you realizing that? Be mindful of that. Church of God, look at me. Be mindful that all the enemy wants to do is divide you, divide us, to do something to distract you from what it is he actually wants you to do. That's why Jesus calls us to give all our soul, mind, and strength because that's what it's going to take to stay focused. That's what it's going to take. And so the world defines love in many ways, and we can get often confused or misguided as to what love is, and we can think it's just a fleeting emotion or or when I get those little goosebumps, oh, I must love that person. They They must be my soulmate forever. Because I got the goosebumps. <laughs> Have you considered maybe the AC is up too high? <laughs> or it's just chilly? Don't determine it by that. Listen, if that person's not heading the same direction as you now, what makes you think for even a moment that that will change later? So be very careful. And I'm going to be offering dating advice sporadically the next few weeks. Because some of you are like, oh, great, another relationship marriage series. I'm going to skip out and go to another church for several weeks because I don't want to hear about relationships. And sometimes singles think like that, honestly. But if you're single in the house, listen, this is very important stuff. Because I want you to realize that God is paying attention to you too. And he has a plan for you too. And there's principles that I believe he wants you to walk through. Now listen, biblical love is is very different than worldly love. How many agree with that? It's tough to come by and and it's difficult to attain sometimes. But I want to tell you something. Love is not for the faint of heart. So it's been said these three words. Choose your heart. What does that mean? This is what I mean. Being single is hard, dating is hard, choose your heart. They're both hard. Which one would you rather do? Well, let's look at it like this. Marriage is hard, divorce is hard, choose your heart. It's all hard. Relationships in general are hard. So what now? You choose what you would rather live with. Because they're both going to be hard. You know what happens? We tend to say, which one's the easier route? And, and, and I love this because um, we understand those that work with water and flow of water. Uh, I, I've learned through various times in my life that water always takes um, the easy route. The route that's already there. Right? Water tends to flow in the direction that there's already water. Right? That's the way it works. And so what it does, it always takes the route of least resistance. And so what happens is we, t- we kind of pursue life the same way. I'm going to just choose whatever's easier. And this happens between the ages of 12 and 99. <laughs> but there's a big segment between 12 and 22, maybe let's say, right, where I just want to, I don't want to adult, I don't want to do, have responsibilities, I just want to have fun, right? And so you do whatever least is required of you. I remember this in school, because I went to school. And I, th- thank you. College was the best 12 years of my life, I tell you that, right now. I'm just kidding. Some of you are like, oh my goodness, what did we just do? No, but seriously, like, 
I know that when I was in school, there was times I was like, what's easiest? What's the easiest way to do this? What's the easiest class to take so I can pass? What's the easiest, easiest? Everything's about the easiest. Listen, choose your heart because in this area of our lives, relationships are hard. Choose your heart. And in that, fight for it. Fight for it. It takes work and dedication in either direction, so you might as well go for what you really want. It's hard, so go for what you want. It's not so much a matter of heart, but as some assume, it's a matter of will. What are you willing to do for love? What are you willing to do for your relationship? What are you willing to do in your marriage? So here's some truths I want to bring to the body here today for you because I like you and so I thought I'd share some truths with you. So because I like you, let me share with you these truths. Number one, biblical love is a choice that must be repeated daily. Biblical love is a choice that must be repeated daily. What does that mean? That means that every day of your life, you're going to have to choose to love the things that are unlovable, the people that are unlovable, maybe the job that is unlovable, the responsibilities that you don't like to do. Why? Because God has called you to live above the standard of the world. The world says, I will abandon anything that, I don't, that doesn't give me something back. Biblical love says, I will love regardless. And that's hard, isn't it? To love regardless, that's hard. I don't, I don't always get it. I don't always understand it. But here's how I do understand it. Because he loved me even when I didn't love him back. So I can then look at it and say, God help me to choose my heart carefully. It's hard to love people. This choice must be made through the power of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you need to get up in the morning and say, God, I don't want to get up and I don't want to do some of the things I'm about to do. But Lord, give me the strength. Holy Spirit, be with me so I can be the person you want me to be today. We have to ask God that sometimes. How many realize you need to ask God every single day? Give me the strength to do what I need to do. Come on. That's about half of you. The rest of you guys, yeah? You got it going on. That's all right. Maybe a second point. Maybe that'll be more for you. But for me, there's times I have to remember that biblical love loves in spite of whether they're going to give me something back in return. You know what I realized as a parent? I'm going to do, listen, as a parent, you know, one of the best pieces of advice I heard somewhat recently. Listen to this. This may, this may set you free. And I believe it set me free in a lot of ways. Listen to me. This is one of the best parenting advices and lines I've heard in a long time. As a parent, if you expect a thank you every single time, you're mistaken. <laughs> Live with the intentional idea that you're doing it for loving them, not for the thank you. That set me free. Because there's a lot of times I'm like, nothing. I just did all of this and nothing. But love, listen, love says I'm going to do it because I love. And how many have ever done something for someone and didn't get a thank you back? Come on. Okay, I can see some of your faces. I'm going to move on quickly. 
Because some of you are like, so don't you dare. There's so many things I can say about that. But, but it's true, right? So understand that there are times when you love someone and they don't love you right back the way you were hoping for. But biblical love is rooted in God. And God, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know what? We didn't thank him. Look at me. We didn't thank him when he died. You say, well, I wasn't around. Well, the moment you heard about Jesus and what he did for you, some of you didn't give a lick about it until one day you encountered Jesus in a deeper way. And then you turned to him. But guess what? He already did it for you. That's love. God is love, 1 John 4, 8. And we participate in God's love and loving others and loving God because he first loved us, 1 John 4, 19. Number two, God is the one who defines true love. Listen, the world does not define true love. The world doesn't define love. God does. The world tries to redefine love and redefine marriage and redefine what is a man and a woman. The world tries to redefine everything because they want control over you. But God defines love. God defines sex. God defines marriage. None of us do. If he is the author of life, he is the definer of life. If he is the author of love, he defines love too. And if love is the base and the foundation of marriage, then guess what? God defines marriage too between and it being a man and a woman, period. If you have any questions or problems, please mail me at Corey at wearefreedomlife.com. Moving forward. You're welcome. So let's talk about facts of God's love. Number one, facts of God's love is universal. God's love is universal. Listen, while I don't believe that everybody and the world is a child of God. Some of you are like, no. Those who have confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior, to to them he has given them rights to be called sons and daughters of God. We are all creation, but those that have accepted him are his children. But here's what is universal. Are you ready? His love. He loves everybody at the sound of my voice right now and that is the most expressive way I can tell you if you have an ear to hear hear me what I'm saying to you today his love is universally available to you he loved the Gentiles and he loved the Jews he loves those that were clean he loves those that were lepers he loved he loved those who were drunkards and prostitutes and he loved the Sanhedrin and the the Pharisees and Sadducees as well he loved them all and watch this equally equally there are people that lived during Jesus's day that could not get that They just couldn't get it. 
Why? Because every single time he sat with tax collectors and sinners, they made a note of it. This man sits with tax collectors and sinners. How dare he? That's my seat. They, they made it a point to point it out. Right? As if somehow God only loves them and not the tax collectors and sinners. But God made it very clear. His love is universal. Lamentations 3, to 23 says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Isn't that good? I thought you'd cheer for that one. Okay, that's good. Thank you for amusing me. Number two, edifying. When we talk about how God's love, God's love is edifying. Jesus' love was intrinsically edifying. You know what he did? When there were kids around, he hung around with kids. When there were drunkards, he hung around with drunkards. When there were prostitutes, he hung around with prostitutes. When there were people that, were, that didn't go to church, guess what? He hung out with them too. When there were church people hanging around, he hung out with them. He hung out with everybody. Why? Because he was about edifying people. Showing them that God is more than just a spirit floating around touching people. Jude 1 tells us, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. We, the Holy Spirit, how many know that the Holy Spirit is there to edify you every day, to build you up every day? You realize that? For those of you that don't realize that, I want you to realize that. That if you're a believer, you can say, God, build me up today. And God wants to do that. He wants to edify you. Somebody say, God wants to edify me. The third thing is simply this, unconditional. Jesus was one who both taught and practiced to love our enemies unconditionally. Psalm 63.3, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. He loves us unconditionally. And because he loves me unconditionally, my lips will forever glorify him. He's good to us. Amen. He's showing us who he is. And because his love is unconditional, I can then reply, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. Fourth thing is self-sacrificial. God's love is self-sacrificial. This is the Christ who once said these words, greater love has no one than this than someone who lays down his life for his friends. John 15, 13. He said it, then he did it. You, you, ever, you ever met someone that talks a lot, but then when it comes down to doing it, they're like, ah, I don't know. You ever met somebody like that? Jesus talked the talk and then walked it. Because he goes, greater love has no one than this to, to lay down his life for a friend. And then what he does, he goes to the cross. Died for you and for me. Greater love has no man. The cross is where it's found. The cross. Jesus not only spoke these words, he lived them. The universal, intrinsically edifying, unconditional, sacrificial, self-sacrificial nature of God is demonstrated in and on the cross in the person of Jesus Christ. The cross 
as Romans calls it, is the historical and eternal symbol of the love of God toward us, a love that has now been, watch this, according to Romans 5, poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Love is defined by God, followed through by God, and in essence, the author of life. Love is what caused him to breathe into Adam, giving him life, thereby starting the creation of those made in his image. And the last thought, real simply, is this. We are to love God by loving others. How do I show God's love? Well, it's simple, loving others. Jesus said in Matthew 22, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law of the prophets hang on these two commandments. And it's more than just a symbol or a model. It is a lifestyle, my friends, to love God love people so as we look at love being defined today I want us to understand something as we start this timeless love series I need us to understand this very uh, very important truth and it's simply this like God in Christ we should love all people not just our lovers and our friends and our family members Like God in Christ, we should always seek to edify and build each other up. Like God in Christ, we shouldn't love people based on certain subjective conditions, but we should love people unconditionally. And finally, like God in Christ, we should love others in a selfless and self-sacrificial manner rather than self-serving and self-focused. A lot of times people will love others because that person gives me something. They offer something back to me. But can I tell you something? I'm going to be talking about marriage. I'm going to be talking about relationships. But understand that when we talk about timeless love, there's a lot that God wants to work out of us so that we can bring our very best to the table. Do you realize that? Do you realize that God wants to work the very best through us, not just to us? Because we can be very self-focused, can't we? I want to go so that I can and I want to so that I can get and I can receive and I can. But God is like, love is so far beyond just yourself that while that person doesn't acknowledge you right now, how about I go the extra mile? Pastor, you don't understand my story. I've been doing this for a long time. I've been trying to love this person that they don't love me back. I understand that. But guess what? The scripture is clear that there's a love that he will shed abroad in our hearts. That if we just open up to him, he'll give you the grace you need. I don't know how that works. Are you hearing me? Everybody look at me. I don't know how that works and how he empowers us to do it. But we got to keep loving our neighbor. 
And for those of you in marriage relationships, stand firm and trust that God invites all of us to be a part of his life-changing perception of life in marriage and relationships. And what happens is we try to take our worldly teachings and apply it to our Christian life. And that's where we get out in trouble. We try to take what the world said and say, well, the world said this, and so let's apply this into the marriage as a Christian. And God is saying, no, no, that you got we got a whole we got a whole set of principles. You leave those principles out of the door. Come, come to me. And when you come to me, I'm gonna give you a whole new set of principles to live by. And you're gonna be able to love your spouse, you're gonna be able to love your neighbor, you're gonna be able to love people in a way that you normally can't because I'm going to furnish you with the principles needed to do it. Don't think that the world is going to give you what you need. It won't. It just plain won't. So today, as we kick off this series, my prayer is that we can define love and that love is unconditional. That love is universal. And that love is, watch this, available to everyone in this room. So if you would, right where you're at, would you just bow your heads right where you're at for a moment? And I want to pray for two things this morning. One is that you would accept that love no matter who you are. Single, married, divorced, widowed, whatever that looks like in your life. First, that you would receive that love. And secondly, that if you are here in this room and you're in a marriage that seems to be loveless or a relationship that seems to be loveless, that God would have access, access to your heart and to the heart of your spouse and shed upon their heart and your heart a love for each other again. Father, I thank you that there's no love greater than yours. I thank you that you define love. That you want relationships to thrive. That you want these things to take place. And that these things will consist of faithfulness, loyalty, grace, forgiveness, and joy all the things that should be embedded in our relationships. But first, Father, I pray for those that need to have love in their hearts. No matter where they are in their relationship world, doesn't matter. God, show them your love today. That's my prayer. Let them see how much you, that even when they were sinners, you loved them. That blows my mind, God. It blows my mind. Show them how much you love them. And secondly, for those that are in marriages, at the sound of my voice, rekindle in them a love for for each other as they as they chase you as the root and foundation of their marriage. Lord, I pray for those that are married in this room and at the sound of my voice that are married to someone that maybe 
doesn't quite understand who Jesus is, I pray you draw them to yourself. That they would be a couple that follow you together. That would walk with you, talk with you, and put you first in their family and everything that they do. Bless and keep us in the realm of your love and may your timeless love reflect on our timeless love in our marriages. We ask you these things in the name, in the name of Jesus that is above every name, the holy name of Jesus. Help us, strengthen us, empower us, embolden us to believe you for great things in our relationships. In Jesus' name I pray and all of God's people said, amen.